and thank you so much for having us. Um, it's just wonderful to be reminded that we're part of the body of Christ, isn't it? And um, I really enjoyed worshipping with you. Thank you. And uh, also thank you for giving us Tim. Um, Tim is great. He is flexible. The number of times I've rung him up and said, ah, someone's cancelled, can you cover at short notice? And also thank you to his wife, wherever she is. Um, great prayer. I really appreciated that. And let's be truthful, sometimes it's the spouses that actually serve the most, isn't it, when you send out your other spouse onto the streets to serve in street pastors um, with babysitting and all the rest of it. So we're really grateful to both Tim and his wife and you as a church for sending him to us. Thank you. And uh, also, it was just lovely. I was skipping through the website um, before I came, and um, I just thought, I really want to be in a church like yours. I really want to be in a church where when you go to the website, a picture of the cleaner comes up on the same page as a picture of the church leader. I thought that was really good. And also, I love the fact that there's quite a few different countries represented amongst you, isn't there? People born in different places, people that have lived in different places. Um, put your hands up if you are here and you've been, you were born in a different country or brought up in a different country or you've lived in a different country at, another, at some time. Just give us a wave. That's quite a few, really, isn't it? I just feel like stirred to just say, hey, let's ask God for more people in your congregation, in your family, who've come from different countries. Let's, let's ask God to bring them in, because it's really only by um, gathering people from different countries and cultures and ethnicities that we can fully reflect the glory of God, who's a creative God, isn't he, and made everybody different. Um, so be encouraged. And also, I just really uh, enjoyed talking to John. He, he invited us. Um, he doesn't take himself too seriously, does he? And that's a blessing. That's a great encouragement. We need a bit, I need a bit more of that. And also, um, um, when me and my team were wandering around different churches, knocking on doors, trying to build relationships, and basically saying, hey, will you invite us to do what we're doing this morning? Um, we knocked on this door around the back, and um, Lorraine opened it. Where is Lorraine here today? Okay. She opened it, and she welcomed us in so well. And I was just so thankful for that. So well done, church. You're really welcoming. And also, when I went into your hall, there was all these pictures up of different people and what they do. And, um, you know, on your website, it even says, what is it, um, we're one body, but everybody has a different part to play, different roles to play. And I thought, that's represented by what I saw in your hall. And, I just, and also what you see on your website. And it's just really good um, to model that sense of we are one body with different shapes and different roles. And that's how we work together as one church. So well done. Um, anyway, um, I know you've been on a series uh, on John 10 and... Um, you know, I am the good shepherd. And I've just got, I just want to talk a bit about the story, but really, I want to go back a bit, if I may. Um, I want to go back to the previous story. So what happened just before Jesus um, told that story about the sheep and the sheep folds and the sheep pens? Um, he was wandering along and he saw a man who'd been blind since birth. And um, he did something strange. He for whatever reason, mixed mud and rubbed the mud on his eyes. And um, then he healed him, and that man was able to see. But it was kind of strange, because um, that bloke, the blind man who got healed, his neighbors um, and all those who'd known him in the community around the town, they all started arguing amongst themselves and saying, is this the same bloke that we used to see sit and beg? And some people went, nah. And other people went, yeah, it is. 
And he was like, it, it is me. I am that man. And they were like, well, how were your eyes opened? And they were arguing. And they said, well, where's this bloke that healed you? And he was like, I don't know. So in the end, they're like the religious leaders, the political experts, the Pharisees were called in. And they, they summoned the blind man before them. And they said, tell us, tell us how it happened. And so he told them. And they said, well, this man, he did it on a Sunday and he broke the rules. He broke the laws. I don't think this, this bloke that healed you is actually that godly. Um, but others said, well, how can a sinner perform such signs? How can a sinner heal the blind? And so the Pharisees, they turned again to the blind man and say, well, what do you say? And, and so it went on. They kept questioning because really they just didn't believe him. And so in the end, they summoned the blind man's parents. And the parents said, well, we know he's our son. Because basically, they were a bit scared of being ostracized by the community. They were worried that they might be thrown out of their synagogue, their church. They were worried that they might lose acceptance and credibility if they acknowledged what they knew must have happened to their son. Because the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders, had already decided that anybody that acknowledged Jesus would be kicked out of the synagogue. So the Pharisees, they summon the man back again and says, tell us again, tell us, is this bloke that healed you, you know, is he, is he a sinner or what? Tell him, tell us, that he confessed that he must be a sinner. And the blind man said, well, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. And they still didn't believe him, did they? And he said, why do you want, so they asked him again, they said, why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to be his disciples too? And with that, they lost their rag with him and they threw him out of the synagogue. They threw him out of the church. The Pharisees, the legalistic experts, they threw this blind man who'd just been received his sight out of the church. But when Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out of the church, he went to go and find him. the son of man tell me who he is so that i might believe in him and jesus said you have now seen him in fact he is the one speaking with you now and the man said lord i believe and he worshiped him so there's a sense that jesus led that man Jesus led that man out of blindness into the light, out of the dark into the light, out of blindness into sight. He led him, willingly or not, out of the synagogue to be cast out. He led him out of the accepted community into the ostracized community. He led him out of the center, out of the core, to the edge. There's a sense in the Bible that God
and he goes off to find this one bloke who he forgave. Because he just wanted to be with him. Why did he do that? Because he loved him. Because he suddenly glimpsed his heart and said, right, the woman with the issue of blood, where he was on his way to heal somebody who was dying, I think, and he stopped for that one woman. And this Jesus, this this man who was the son of God, the son of God stops for one man who is who's just received his sight and has been kicked out of his community because the son of God cares. leads them out so he can be with them. There's a sense of um, you have to be led out. But who leads them out? Well, they were arguing amongst themselves. Who is it who's, who, who is it who led that blind man out? Who was he? You know, who was that bloke? What was his name? And once they knew his name, they were still saying, well, you know, is he the son of God? Is he the Christ? Is he the Messiah? Is he a sinner? Is he a righteous person? Who? them out so he can be with them and there's a sense of what is the light he's leading them out into the light what is the light what is that freedom that that blind man was led into and then there's that focus on if you're blind I don't know obviously but it just got me wondering and I say this in all humility to anyone that's got more experience than that than I but I reckon if you're blind, you can hear with a greater sensitivity. If you're blind, you can hear God more easily. The people who had sight heard Jesus, but they didn't hear God. They just heard the head. The man who was blind heard Jesus and heard God. There seems to be a concern in this story for, have you heard his voice? And um, many of the people that witnessed this story, they saw the works. They kind of saw a blind man who was healed and got his sight back, but they didn't really see it at all because they didn't really believe. Afterwards, there was a genuine amazement in their heart. Even those who knew the blind man who'd been living with him for years and walking past him for 50 years, they still didn't know who he really was. They didn't see it. They didn't see the power opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and when he has brought them out or when he's brought out all his own he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger in fact they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice Truly I say to you, I'm the gate for the sheep. All the, everyone else are thieves and robbers. The sheep haven't listened to them. I'm the gate. And whoever enters through me is the gate. They will come in and they will go out and they will find pasture. I have come. 
they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd, and he does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he runs away because he's just a paid hand. I am the good shepherd, and my sheep know me and may know my voice, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep who are not of this, pen, this sheep pen, and I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And the Jews who heard these words were still divided, and some said, Jesus is mad, he's demon-possessed, why listen? Others said, how can a sinner open the eyes of, a blind, of the blind? And then again, when Jesus was walking around in the temple, um, they started arguing again, tell us plainly, are you the Christ? And he said, well, I did tell you, but you don't believe me. Um, the works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And again, the Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. That's rejection, isn't it? And Jesus said to them, for which of the works that I've done do you stone me? So, some questions there. Jesus wants to lead people out so that they can be with him. Sheep are to be led out. They're to be led out in freedom, into freedom so they can go into the pen again and back out. They're to be led out so that they can find pasture and green grass to eat. Think of Psalm 23. He, sheep are supposed to be led out to lie next to streams. Sheep are supposed to be led out in the sun to eat and feed. Sheep are supposed to be led out so that they can frolic or whatever sheep do. You're supposed to be led out. And who leads them out? The Pharisees thought they led people out. The Pharisees thought the door was just obey all the rules and you'll get fullness of life. But the door is Jesus. And anyone who goes through him will be saved. Who leads them out? What's your door? What is eternal life? What is abundant life? What is fullness of life? For me, I think it's being with God. It's, it's even greater than hearing God, hearing his voice or seeing him. It's even greater than seeing his works. It's even greater than being healed from terrible sicknesses or um, getting your sight back if you're blind. I think eternal life is being with God. That's what Jesus wanted. He wanted to be with that blind man. That's what he wants. He wants to lead his sheep out so that he can be with them. Um, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were with God, walking with God in the calling, call of the day, and they heard him clearly. It's not like now where it's all fuzzy. And we have days when we don't feel like we're with him. You know, Jesus, uh, God led
able to risk everything when we hear his voice? Have you heard his voice? Have you seen his works? Think back to the times when you've seen God at work. Think back to the times when God has encountered you. Think back to the times when you've seen God do stuff in the lives of people around you. Have you ever seen people healed? Have you ever seen people's lives changed? Think back to those times when God has broken through miraculously. We're supposed to look at those things and think, even when you have days when you think, do I believe? But if you look at the works of God, you can believe in them and therefore believe that God and Jesus are one. The Father and Jesus are one. So do you want to be led out? Led out is a bit risky. It's easier to be more comfortable. It's easier not to take risks. And also Jesus said there were sheep that weren't of the sheep pen. Who were those sheep? For the Pharisees, they were just so like, nope, we're children of Abraham, children of Moses. We obey Moses. We obey um, Abraham. And for them, Gentiles would be on the pale. Anybody who wasn't Jewish was unacceptable. But God came to reach sheep from many different sheep pens. Who are the sheep of, who are not of the sheep pen you're in? Who near you in the village of Whitchurch are sheep from different sheep pens? What different countries and cultures have you got around you? What different subclasses and ways of living have you got around you that you can reach? Because God wants to bring them all in so that they are one flock and one um, block. Yeah, (laughs) head gone. Um, So it's time to finish, but I just feel like God's saying, hey, have you seen his works? Have you heard his voice? And I think there's people here that God wants to lead out. Now, I don't want to be literal about that necessarily. It's like, because it might be geographical, it might not. It might be in ways of thinking. It might be in, in, say, your comfort zone or a place where you feel you're secure, but actually you're too scared to go into this zone over here. It could be an emotional thing. It even could be a physical thing, like for the blind man. So I think there's people here that God wants to lead out. I don't know what that looks like but I know that you need to respond. Like the blind man had to respond. He had to say, yes, Jesus, you can pray for me. You can rub the mud on my eyes. Um, So God's here, isn't he? I'm just going to pray. But first, I'm just going to say in a moment, I'm going to say, if there's anyone here who knows that God is speaking, that you're hearing God's voice afresh, maybe even for the first time, then this is a moment to respond. Because God sees faith. He sees obedient people, and he sees faith. So if, if you feel God is speaking to you and calling you out from the sheep pen, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand or come to the front. Um, we've got communion in a bit, and I think maybe there's some people here that think, actually, some things are not right in my life, and I need to fix them. There may be some people here, you're thinking, I need to say sorry to someone here, and I need to get right with God. Here's the moment, because you've got to do it, haven't you? Because it's, being a Christian is about following God, living that life. Um, there's people here, I'm wondering, maybe there's some things you, you want to confess to your friends or partners. Say, I need some help. I can't break through. I can't fix this area of my life. Um, but I know, like, in communion, when, with communion and the bread and the wine, and when we confess it to our brothers and sisters in Christ, God comes, and there's grace. So... I've no idea what it is. It'll be different for different people, but I think there's several people here 
maybe three, four or five around that mark maybe, who you need to respond and this is a moment. So I'm going to pray and then when I finish prayer, I'm going to invite you either to stand or wave your hand for whatever it is, even if it's you just think, I want to get out of that sheep pen and follow Jesus. I want to be known as a follower of Jesus. Because God sees and he rewards people when they trust him and take a step of faith. So Jesus, I just thank you for this lovely church. I just thank you for your bride of Christ. And I just thank you for the privilege of being with my brothers and sisters this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that you came to heal the sick. You came to bring sight to the blind. You came to set the captives free. I thank you, Jesus, that you came to lead us out. I thank you, Jesus, that you've got sheep who are not of this sheep pen who you want to gather into one flock. I thank you, Jesus, that you want to reveal yourself as the Son of God. And Lord God, I just thank you, like you did back then, 2,000 years ago, there was points of decision where people had to decide. They couldn't be neutral. They couldn't sit on the fence. They had to decide, is this man the Son of God or is he just from the devil? There was no halfway point. And I just, Lord God, I just thank you for what you've done. And I just pray, Lord God, give us the grace. Just come and have your way amongst us. Not, not my will, not our will, but your will be done. Holy Spirit, over to you. I just pray you'll just come and may your will be done. Amen. So if you know God's speaking to you now, if you can hear his voice now, I'm expecting that we're going to see some of God's works. So if, you, if, you've, if you're sick and you want prayer as well, Whatever it is, if you know you need to respond, can I just ask you to stand or wave your hand or come to the front? Thank you. Thank you. There's a lady here standing. Thank you. I think there is at least a couple more. I think there's maybe at least maybe one or two blokes as well. Thank you. God's here. Thank you. God is gentle. Don't be fearful of stepping out of the sheep pen. God is gentle. I'm wondering, is there two more people over on this side? you feel God speaking to you? Do you just want to give me a wave? Thank you. Thank you. That's two. Holy Spirit, we just pray. Come and have your way amongst us, Lord. Oh, Lord God, help us to risk looking foolish like that blind man did. Oh, Lord God, just give us courage. Holy Spirit, may your will be done. Yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's two or three more people. I think there's someone over on this side. I think there's a man over on this side somewhere. In a moment we're going to move on, but there's, there's almost a sense of if you respond in the moment, you catch something of what God's doing. So don't miss out like the parents of that blind man. Thank you.
Thank you. Bless you. One or two more, I think. Okay, you don't have to stand. You can raise a hand if you want. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. I'm wondering if there's one more, maybe a lady, maybe on this side somewhere. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, Lord God. Just close your eyes. When you've got your eyes closed, you can hear God better. Holy Spirit, have your way. I'm wondering, is there someone who in your family life has been a bit of a mess and it's been a bit difficult? Sorry, I haven't been looking up the top. Sorry, if there's anyone up there you feel God's talking to you, just give us a wave. I just feel there might be one more. Maybe someone whose family life is in a bit of a mess and they've had um, some difficulties. Is there someone over there somewhere? Just give us a wave. Thank you. Do you just want to stand, sir? Is that all right? Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you, sir. Okay. Um, Bless you. Thank you. Okay. So one, two, three, four, five, six, six people. Okay. We're going to move on in a moment. Is there anybody more? I think there might be one more, a lady. There's a moment and it's going to come. God is a gracious God. He loves you so much. He ran after that blind man because he loved him and there was something in his heart and he just didn't want to give up. So we're going to move on in a moment, but I think there's one more lady. If you want to stand, God's going to bless you in a way that's going to be good for you. He knows what you need. Okay, Lord God, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ that have responded. If you put your hand up earlier, put your hand up again. Just That's it, great. Holy Spirit, come and have your way on each of these people. If there's something that's wrong with your body physically and it's appropriate, put your hand near that area or just pray for it now because I think God's going to heal it. If there's a situation in your life that you need God to break in, just name that situation now, either out loud or in your head. Or if there's something you need to do in communion, decide, I'm going to respond in communion and I'm going to tell one of my brothers and sisters in Christ what that issue is, okay? So if there's something that you need to do in communion, just, what does the Bible say, confess your sins to one another? Or um, he loves it when we go to people and say, actually, I need help. So Holy Spirit, come and bless every person that's responded. Bless every person that's responded in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord God, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters. And I pray you'll give them the green pasture that they need. And I pray you'll give them the abundant eternal life. Because we know that abundant eternal life can be had now and in the future. Um, It can be had now whether you're in Ukraine or whether you're suffering with illnesses or whether things are going wrong in your family. You can have eternal life now and in the future. It doesn't make it any easier in some ways, but you can, God's here. And when you're with God, you're you're in eternal life, you're in abundant life, aren't you? There's a sense, what did the thief say to Jesus? Well, Jesus said to the thief, today you'll be with me in paradise. So even death itself, what is death? It's today you'll be with me in paradise. It's eternal life. Wow. So Lord God, just, just come and bless these people. Lord God, just come and give them a greater vision of eternal life. Come and just bring them into fresh pastures. Come and bring them into green pastures. Come and give them a bigger picture of who you are. And Lord God, have your way with them. And may your will be done in their lives. Amen.